You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So I'm looking at something on Ken Palm called Program Ratings. I haven't seen this page before. Um... But basically, it has, since the beginning of Ken Palm, which teams are, like, the best average rating. So, like, Duke, number one, obviously, right? Kentucky, number two, Kansas, three, whatever. Uh, This is since 1997. Auburn is 54th, which I have to imagine, uh, like, five years ago, probably was below 100. Um, But I'm seeing uh, UConn on here, which... One, I didn't realize they had four oh, titles yeah. since the Jim Calhoun era. Yeah. In yeah. in that time, UConn has never reached number one in Ken Palm. Their wow. highest rating is number two in 09. That's funny. Hit the theme, Jack. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bowles Jackson. The correct year in here, same time as 9.31 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by your friendly folks at collegemagnolia.com. Check out all their website for all the Auburn sports news you can handle. Greetings and salutations, Orange and True Thursday Tide. Senator Crow 2 on Twitter, at Senator Crow on Venmo. Send me all your coins, your Bitcoins, your Dogecoins, your Bruce coins. We're starting Bruce coins, right? That's what these memes that we're going to NFT these memes that oh, we do man, after the games. Let's NFT. Let's <laughs> NFT the S out of these memes. Speaking of which, the voice you just heard is at Ryan S. Starrett on Twitter. The S stands for. So we're going to NFT these memes. Yeah, no, that that's uh, definitely the, uh, the goal here now. To the other side of me, giving you that full Fort Payne ASMR, a man who can explain what Ethereum might be. The AU chief. I did make a hefty sum off an NFT recently. It's money laundering, right? Uh, it's gambling. Well, okay. So here's, as they explained to me. So let's say, chief, you have $10,000 cash. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and you know that. Mm-hmm. And I buy an NFT. And then I agree to sell it to you for ten grand, Right. Knowing that then you can turn around and sell an NFT that has once been valued for ten grand for even more money, and we split the profits. That's it illegal, doesn't, but not it doesn't the, really work like that from from what I've seen. I I suppose the, theoretically you could you could do that, um, but the the stuff that I have been involved in is it's just oh these artists are dropping this thing on this market and you just buy it and then you can flip it for a lot more later on. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could because basically the, a lot of money laundering that has happened uh, historically has been in the art uh, yeah. dealing well, world. Well, this is not technically money laundering, but when I was in high school, two identical twins that went to my school that always had the dopest throwback jerseys mm-hmm. were acquiring those throwback jerseys through a pretty hilarious eBay scam that they were running on everybody. So they had two computers set up at their house. Mm-hmm. What they would do is they would buy a throwback jersey on eBay. They'd wear it. And then they'd go sell it on eBay. And the other one would bid on it. Right. To jack to jack up price. the prices so that it would yeah. finally sell for way above asking. That's and not. There you go. Uh, I mean, I, I maybe there are some NFT auctions. Generally, there's just a marketplace. Uh, and good God, people are going to. Would rather die. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cut this short after about 20 more seconds. I despise uh, this whole conversation anyway, already. It's just but... like a, it's a it's a marketplace. You you put your you set your price. You put it on there, and somebody can pay it or they cannot. And then there'll it'll show a floor like the lowest price listed. And most of them are uh, randomly generated uh, art, and so they're all different. 
So some of them will sell for more than others, and you just it's gambling. So you buy one in hopes that you're going to flip it for a lot more money. And I bought one for uh, equivalent of four dollars and sold it for three hundred and something dollars. So nice, guys. You know it's not gambling. It's betting on Auburn basketball. Because if you bet that money line on Auburn basketball, chances are you're just going to win. Yeah. Not just the money line. Yeah. Betting on the spread. Auburn That's true. Spread. Auburn gets the spread is pretty good stuff. I um, yeah. I watched the Auburn-Florida basketball game. It's one of the first games I've gotten to watch, like, fully start to finish, standing up almost the entire game in my living room, listen to some of it on the radio, some of it. Just on mute. I like to watch games on mute. I don't know why. That's the best we've looked in three years. That was an unbelievable game. It was fun. It was a, it was a fun okay. one to be at. The atmosphere is pretty electric. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a uh, common bonding experience, uh, booing the rest just as much as cheering Man. on. I would say, uh, t- and it, it, I, I'm definitely 100% not blame the refs guy because normally especially in American football normally bad calls even out over the course of a season and I guess in basketball it does too this game yeah I mean the number of fouls were fairly even in this game yeah this game yeah. both teams should have been booing the refs like it was there's <laughs> it was just a poorly officiated game not like oh man Auburn almost lost because of these refs no you can make the case that Everyone in the stadium and watching on TV lost because of the refs, because it made the game worse. Yeah, I don't think well, the winning loss was for like half the game because yeah he played twenty one minutes in this game yeah uh, twenty one very frustrating minutes uh, the yeah, first there foul was just no rhythm the the first foul call on him there like the guy I mean I, this is no exaggeration the referee blew the whistle before the guy ever even got to Jabari and then Jabari did not make contact and he still called the foul yeah I, I think and the other wild thing is that it's not a uh, it isn't like Florida could make the case the refs cost them the game right the refs were just bad like it was not yeah. not bad in a cost us the game way bad in just a like well, that it, wasn't a foul, and then they would let other stuff go, and guys were getting clobbered, and you're like, "What in the world?" Like, well, they, call they something really, or don't call it. Or the first half, it was really strange because overall they they just let them kind of play because they didn't get they got to the double bonus like right at the end of the the half. Yeah. Um. All right, but before we before we get into that, and we'll get into that right. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get back on track. Let's let's go to our first conference win of the week. Um, since last we talked with you, Auburn beat a number one hundred, top one hundred Ken Palm team. Which I think makes that a quadrant two win. I never can keep track of the, the quadrants and how those play out. I don't know. It's idea. a good win. We'll just call it a good win. Auburn beat South Carolina. Yeah. Auburn went to Columbus, Columbia. Oh, right. Columbia? Columbia. Okay. Columbia. Not the country. And beat, yeah, City. Auburn not go a Columbia, but to Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, is there more of a different place in the world than Columbia, the nation, and Columbia, South Carolina? Or Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. That's good. I don't know. That's that's a tie on the running of which is the most, what two different. plays with the same name are and more the- different. And then all of those places compared to their namesake from where Christopher Columbus is from. Which is Portugal. No, he was... He's Italian. Sailed, oh, Italian. That's right. Spain. That's right. Yeah, because they were trying to compete with the Portuguese. Yeah, correct. He went to the Portuguese first. And, and they, they said no. Fund it. So he went to the king and queen of Espana. Who's Ferdinand and Isabel. There uh, we go. Isabel. Ferdinand and And then he was like, you know what? I'll do... I'll do terrible genocide for you guys instead and they're like let's make it happen Captain. then their daughter marries king henry the eighth and uh then he wants to get a divorce mm. but because the pope at the time was a medici who became pope he was very friendly with the spanish kings though he was italian and uh 
that he didn't want to grant an annulment to King Henry VIII. Bingo, bango, bongo. Look at the, the Church of England. The Church of England. All right. Now, fast forward. Rebellions if you're stateside. Fast forward a couple hundred years. Auburn beat South Carolina 81-66. I'm sure at some point that's related to King Henry VIII. You never know. Butterfly flaps swings in Indonesia and we get rain in Seattle. Now, Auburn won three of the four four factors. Ryan, why are we so bad at offensive rebounding percentage? That's the one we keep losing. Our best rebounder is under six feet tall. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's part of it. Um, and this one, I mean, it's, it's a loss, but it's... I think it was when it's 1%. Yeah. So yeah. call it a push. Um, Auburn is not bad on the defensive rebounding end. I mean, keeping most teams around 30% or so or less is not bad. Um, and with, uh, I'm, I'm guessing it might be a strategic thing. Uh, Auburn's really good in transition defense. Um, That's what I but, was going to say. I wonder if we... So, so maybe they're getting back and not chasing yeah. rebounds. Much on the offensive glass. I don't think we crash the offensive glass. I think we take a shot and then we get back on D because we think that. we'll get a steal and get an easier bucket. I don't know. But it, it, it helps. It tough. helps us a lot uh, having Walker Kessler get back quickly and not let anybody at the rim. Right. So whereas if you try to get if you try to crash the glass and then get a transition point. Uh, it's tough for a walker to get all the way down to the other end of the court. It's and, a long run. It, maybe this isn't related, but I saw something. Um, or Dylan Carwell just being like right. unable to make it 94 it, feet without getting gassed. Right. Well, somebody called it out uh, on Twitter, maybe during the Florida game or the Carolina game. can't remember. But it seems like both of Auburn's centers pl- defend fairly high and also or in the offense, you know, further away from the basket. Yeah. Um, they're not just, you know, Austin Wiley planted under there trying to get putbacks the whole time. Um, maybe that's part of it as well, where they're yeah. not there as much. Um, I, honestly, it's it's a trend that hasn't hurt us, and I'm I'm tending to think it's not as emphasized uh, with the way this roster is constructed. So if we keep shooting well, take care of the ball, it's not as big a deal. Now we we shot the the absolute lights out with a 58% effective field goal percentage to South Carolina's 49%. It's incredible. Um, Remember when we couldn't shoot on the road? No. We couldn't buy a bucket on the road. And in several years where we were actually good, we couldn't do it. Yeah, not anymore. Because so, Thankfully it, not. There's so many guys on this team that can play right. that somebody's going to be hot. I mean, um, yeah, we, we've had maybe – it might be a different dude every night has been the best player. To wit, Katie Johnson has had three terrible games up until yeah. the Florida game. Yeah. And it hasn't mattered that our starting two guard has been pretty bad, bad. on yeah. offense for three straight games. Um, because and you just so, bring in Wendell Green off the bench. Yeah, you have some other guys. Goes off, for, goes off for 22 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals. And it's easy to think, oh, he must have been – Lights out from three in this game. He he only hit no. one of five from deep. No, no they he couldn't was, get in front of him. He he was he was uh, unstoppable. They could uh, not guard it, him. It, it's funny to to watch now and think about what we were saying early on, in that none of our guards could get to the hole, and then we found out KD could get to get to the rack, but the other Zep or Wendell couldn't, and now Wendell's pretty much getting there every game. Um, well, and, and I, I think it's a change in the offensive strategy with him, at least, where, and I guess like we were discussing before, where Kessler and Cardwell are playing further and further back away from the rim. It's just drawing that defense even more out. Yeah. And because Wendell's so fast, they're, they're, they can't catch him if he gets a seam. Right. Um, yeah. So And Zep Jasper, yeah. who is the least talked about player on this team, starter on this team is currently on a heater in terms of turnovers that is unbelievable. Like he had it, well, go go ahead. It is uh, if you look up his assisted turnover ratio or his turnovers per minutes, those numbers are so bonkers for a guy who is your starting one. 
Um, it's unbelievable. And it's one of your best on-ball defenders as well. Yeah, and it's a really good defender. He does not turn the ball over. Um, I, he's unreal. I, I think he's my unsung hero of this team because he's not dropping 25 points in a game. But he's also just like, he's doing the things that win you basketball games. Sure. And not doing, more importantly, he's not doing the things that lose you basketball games. I, I, I did find it pretty hilarious last night after you had pointed this out um i I was just paying more attention to it maybe he had like four or five different things that should have been turnovers last night and either somebody else pulled him out of the fire or the ball just bounced the right way and he just happened to get back on it it was it was pretty funny he's allergic to turnovers (laughs) i'm like wow the the universe really doesn't want this guy to turn the ball over no it's it's bonkers no, I love it. I love him so much. I I think a point guard. There's a, the reason why he is starting right now is twofold. I think one, Bruce loves the idea of putting in human diesel fuel, gasoline fire, window green uh, off the bench. But he also too, Zepp is just this like, I'm not turning this ball over. So Bruce knows he's got a steady hand at point guard who can set up the rest of the team really, really well. Like he, He's not going to make a pass like Sharif where he throws an alley-oop from the timeline to the other timeline. But he's also not going to force a pass that's not there like we saw Wendell do a couple times just like because it could be rad if the guy gets it. Like You know what I mean? <laughs> there are some times where Wendell will throw a pass where like, it'd be sick if this guy catches this. Yeah. Zed doesn't do that. Yeah, well, in the in the Florida game, he threw an oop from past half court to yeah. Tevin Cambridge. I think that's true. Which, you know, in, in Auburn Arena, it, you know, place goes wild. It's a huge momentum swing. Right. It's awesome. You do that on the road, it could be disastrous. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. But yeah. Zed doesn't do that. He he takes care of the ball, and it's it's a different feel because as long as we've all been big Auburn basketball fans, and Auburn's been good the last couple of years, and it's been because Bruce has a flashy point guard who might go off for 30 in a night. Jared Harper, you know, Javon and Samir, Sharif last year. Uh, that's not what this team needs because there's extremely talented scorers all over the court. Yeah. So just having a guy that you can trust to, to get the ball to them right. is all you need. So here, I mean, here's my Zep Jasper analogy. Chief, you'll appreciate this a lot, I think. Ryan, who's the best soccer player in the world? Uh, either Ronaldo or Messi. Is that the right answer? Sure. Good Good answer. What if I told you that there is a really good case to be made for a person you may have never heard of named N'Golo Conte? Do you know who that is? I feel like that name's come up in stuff I've ignored you guys talking so, about. N'Golo Conte is a central midfielder for Chelsea. Formerly he, of Leicester City. He is unfathomably good at what he does. He is not Messi or Ronaldo because he doesn't one score the, a ton of goals. One of the worst fantasy players you can have. Yeah, he doesn't score a ton of goals, doesn't get a bunch of assists. But he wins people trophies. Him being on your team, is a, you have a really good shot of winning a trophy. Zepp Jasper is that type of player. He's not doing the things that are like going to get on SportsCenter. But having him on your team wins trophies. Having Ronaldo on your team oftentimes does not win anything. He might score some sweet free kicks. If you're Argentina, having Messi on your team wins you nothing. That's true. Well, he wins you the whatever the Copa, the America. Copa America. But like, you get N'Golo Conte on your team, you can build everything around him because you know the middle of the field is set. You get a Zepp Jasper, you can start doing other crazy stuff because you know the one, the starting one, is going to not lose you this basketball game. The one thing I would like for him to do is just take the ball at the floor, though. He's not, uh, he does it, he's okay against the press. 
I know Wendell's not Wendell's not awesome. At Wendell's it like, really bad at getting trapped. He goes to the cor- his move is to go to yeah. the corner. It's not. I don't understand what that it's is. It's unconscionable against the full but, press. Like, and almost everyone that touches the ball on that side of the floor wants to like go in an angle, like they're yeah. doing dribbling drills, and it drives me insane. No, because yeah. they're just just go, just against, go against Florida. They they try to full court press, and it killed me because. Your Wendell would get the ball and go straight to the the worst part of the court just, to go like, to where Florida is trying to get you to go. Zepp doesn't, you know, what Zepp doesn't do. He didn't turn the ball over in that he full court press. It. He doesn't turn it. Over. He I got think it across that court. Ten second call before he gets. Yeah. He turns that ball over. That's, uh, that's it's unreal. Sure. All right, let's keep going with uh, South Carolina. So, Alan Flanagan did not play in this game. And that's notable only not only because we won the game again without Allen. Allen Flanagan needs to get in shape. Yeah. Um, not like he's fat. Allen Flanagan <laughs> needs to get in game shape. He has not played enough minutes of basketball. Um, against Alabama, we're going to need Allen Flanagan. And he played a good chunk of, of time against Florida, but you could tell he was a little gassed too. And part of that is he he's not in game shape. Game shape is not the same thing as practice shape. Um, yeah. I loved uh, Kessler against South Carolina. Another double-double. He's just unbelievable. Just, just a, a bad night uh, defending the rim with four blocks. Yeah, four blocks. If you average four blocks a game, you are one of the best shot blockers on the planet. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. How many is he actually game, averaging now? Uh, right around that, I think. Let's see. Uh, blocks per game, 4.1. This game, similar to the Florida game, you really could make the case that it was won by the bench, Auburn's bench. Uh, so, again, our starting two guard up until the Florida game had three bad games. The best player in America, Jabari Smith, has had a couple of off nights in a row now. Yeah. In terms of offensively or just not having the rhythm. Auburn's for him. Two, no. Not for him. Not yeah. like disastrous yeah. nights. Still so. scoring double digits in right. all of those games. And in stopping runs and mm-hmm. just putting daggers on He teams. was a plus eight yeah. against Florida, but it felt okay. like he was a plus twenty five because it yeah. felt like when he was off the floor, they were making runs. When he came back on the floor, the runs ended. But against South Carolina, Auburn's bench scored 40 of its 81 points. Yeah, they had scored 27 points in the first, like, 12 minutes of the game or something crazy yeah. like that. And, and a lot of that was Wendell. I mean, I think he had yeah. six points in, like, the first sure. five minutes. Yeah, um, Wendell had double digits in the first half. Um, yeah. So. Uh, but Jalen Williams looked really good in this game. Only He had six points uh, and two rebounds, but a monster dunk. I think uh was number two on – yeah, uh, top center. 10 play sports center that night. Yeah. Um, he's it, it boggles my mind that he's having to come off the bench on this team. Um, obviously behind Jabari Smith, you know, that's why, but he's still showing he's one of the, you know, he's one of the best power forwards Auburn's had. And, uh, you know, he, he's not Jabari, but he can do everything. Um, he can uh, go to the rim, like I saw in that dunk. Had a great game against Florida with uh, a four-point play when Jabari had his mm. fouls and everything. Um, he's just—he's probably going to be a starting power forward again next year for his uh, senior year, and he's—I don't know—just extremely impressed with the way he's been playing in SEC play this year. It, his dunks are the best because he is the most unassuming guy that's ever played for Auburn, I think, and just busts out these, like, insane dunks. And he is always trying to dunk on someone, which is always <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. Uh, was was he, it this game or the LSU game? Where he tr- he tried the backboard dunk again. That was that LSU. Tried. Didn't, it, didn't work From out. the Tennessee game. Yeah. Yeah. He tried it again, didn't quite work. But it, um, I love seeing him bust it out, though. Yeah, that um, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to Florida, but that – this game, and then the, he's had he's on a little bit of a run here where he's had pretty solid games. Um, and and is, I mean, we've talked about the bench when you can have that coming off the bench, it's just it makes you really hard to beat, 
I think. Um, He's like Jalen Williams is a All SEC caliber player on five or six teams in this conference, coming off the bench, like. And and not coming with not like I'm like play Jalen Moore. No, he's coming off the bench because Jabari's a better player than him. Um, but Jalen Williams will be a professional basketball player in two years, minimum. Maybe sure. maybe next year he might just decide after this year he can go play in Europe or in the G League, and he can. He's that good of a player. But to have that type of player coming off your bench is unreal. Auburn is killing teams right now from inside the three-point line. Took only 13 threes against Alabama, against uh, South Carolina. Ryan has here is the fewest attempted threes since the 2017 Iron Bowl of basketball. Yeah, this is not the same Bruce Pearl Auburn team that just no. hammers it from three. They can. I think if, if teams stack the paint... This Auburn team, I mean, Zepp is shooting over forty percent from three. This Auburn team is happy to just to just chunk, but I think they don't have to. Auburn, I mean, South Carolina, Florida, and now Alabama are not good teams defending the two. They're all three really good at three point defense. So I wonder if Auburn is just like, let's just take it to the rack every single time, or put it down low, or I mean, get out when and run. You've got to- in, in, conference, in conference play so far, uh, just to prove your point, Auburn is shooting 39% from three as a team. Great. They're 12th in the conference in th- uh, three-point attempt rate. Yeah, I, a lot of that, uh, well, I mean, we've got one of the best uh, fives in the, in the country down there uh, in Walker Kessler. But then we also have Jabari, who loves the good old 18-footer. Uh <laughs> Mm-hmm. Especially, which which you know is a little bit inside the three and doesn't count as much. But if you're making, if you can make them, shoot them. Um, I've come I mean, off the I've come off the KD Kevin Durant comparisons with Jabari mm, because he doesn't he, get to the rack. He's feeling more like Dirk at this point to me. A little bit. And as a yeah. Mavericks fan, I don't say that lightly at all. This is he yeah. is the goat, but. Him getting the ball at the elbow and with his back to the basket yeah. and then turn around uh, and knee up, fade away, that's Dirk Nowitzki. And yeah. automatic I, Jabari. Yeah, well, Both of I these just, games, you saw him uh, late in the shot clock where you, like the offense didn't really look like it had yeah. look at one or whatever. So eight seconds left, dump it to Jabari. Even when he's not already at the shoulder, he could bat guys to it and then just go up over him. Yeah, he loves the elbow. If they defended it well, they, he doesn't matter. I, lo- I love a good elbow shot, too. He loves so the I, elbow. He, I respect it. He's He is an elbow jumper waiting to happen. And like like I said last week, he has like six or seven spots on the floor. And nobody can stop him from getting to those spots. Yeah. Yeah. And until somebody does, he's just going to, okay, I'm going to go my, one of my spots and shoot from here. Every one of yeah, his shots I, come from like six or seven spots. I, I think that comparison is good because it just – KD – Especially at Texas, used to get to the hole like yeah, he, just he would dunk get down every and then, time. Yeah, just dunk on everybody, and and that's that's not Jabari's game clearly. Um, and you know maybe he has it. We just haven't seen it because he hasn't had to do it. Um, I mean he'd done that one dunk, and it was spectacular. But uh, you know he'd rather just shoot it. Yeah, and and you know what? He's less likely to get fouled out there, and just he's gonna make it. Almost like half the time. So he's a better defender not? than Dirk. Dirk's a little bit better three point shooter, but it's unbelievable. Right. And Dirk's about two inches taller. But it's an unbelievable like to have an offensive player like that on your team is pretty. It's it's wild. Um, and Auburn beat number thirty four in Ken Palm, Florida, which that's got to be a quad one win. But no one knows how those quads work. Yeah, eighty five seventy three, and only won one of the four factors. Four factors. Dominated it, <laughs> yeah, because sure. Auburn shot sixty one percent in the effective yeah, that, field goal percentage. If, if you can, if you can win that one by that much, then you're going to win the game, no matter what. Usually, so yeah, uh, got got out rebounded on the offensive glass again, pretty badly this time. So twenty one, twenty six percent to eighteen percent. You you don't need offensive rebounds if you don't miss shots. That's true. Sure. <laughs> um, 
Very Auburn turned true. the ball over at a higher percentage. Which didn't, that doesn't feel right, but I know it, no, I mean, it's right. Turnovers, turnovers are bad. It, it, I know Wendell bad. turned the ball over a lot. Yeah. This is the second but, game we played all year with our actual um, full roster. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Wow. And it, it made some strange uh, lineups. Real weird. Lineups. Some some of that was the fouls. Some of that was trying a to play. A lot of it was the fouls. Uh, I mean, Auburn, Bruce, especially into conference play, never plays 11 guys. Um, it's, it's usually you're kind of going down to 10 or 9. Um, but Chris Moore, I mean, he's earning his minutes. Um, Leor Berman earning minutes. Uh, so you, the, the depth is only going to help, especially as guys like Flanagan are you know, knocking off the rust, getting back into uh, into the swing of things. Um, and when you have nights where Walker Kessler he picks up fouls, you know, correctly called or not, he, he, he played – somehow still played 24 minutes in this game. It's interesting. But – Cambridge only got to play 17. Zepp only played 21. Jabari only played 21. Um, Jabari, I would love to know the actual time of the time that he sat in the second half to start out. Because he got his third foul like right at the beginning. Almost immediately. Yeah. Within, within the first minute of the second half. And then Bruce took him out. And then he sat for... Because of how many fouls were being called well, up until that under twelve timeout, in, he got put back in at the same time as Walker did, and then Walker picked that up, and Bruce pulled them both back out because he couldn't afford to have them both with, with four fouls. So he, I felt like he sat from that moment to the under twelve timeout. Um, when I'm pulling up Ferg's uh, rotation chart, and it was a long time. Uh, he was sitting over there a long time. I, I kind of worried. And because of the way that fouls were being called, it may have only been like four minutes of game time. But so I think it was like 25 minutes, minutes of yeah. real time. So Jabari didn't play the last five minutes of the first half, played the first minute of the second half, and then did not check back in until, I believe, around the nine-minute mark in the game. And then checked out yeah. immediately after that. So he played – No, no, no. I mean, he, I think there, he may have gone in a stint around 12 or 13, but didn't really get recorded. So nine. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so no, from, he didn't even – there was no play. Like, yeah. he, he checked in. Right, and, and that doesn't show up in the rotation. He got the foul, and then they pulled yeah. him, so. so that's – so he went from – He effectively played one of – Ten minutes. Uh, one of a 15-minute stretch. So he played ten minutes. Including halftime. Ten game yeah. minutes he was sitting, which was probably – Forty. Yeah, 25, 30 <laughs> like, like real it was, minutes. It was a long, long game. And, and – uh Auburn did That's not, a long time to sit. Like people, yeah, you get stiff over there. It's 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 it, it'll be bad. He did he not relinquish. He didn't show it when he came back. In. We didn't relinquish the lead. In fact, I mean, the lead got down to one by the time he got back in the game, which he put a stop to immediately yep. with a just stone cold three pointer that just oh, was. Man. He he has a knack for hitting the three point shot to end runs. Yeah. Like even when he's having a pretty rough night, he's just like, well, right, well okay, these idiots aren't gonna, are not going to come back and take the lead in this game. I'm going to hit three here, and then we're going to stop, and that's going to be that's going to be it." He hit that shot, and uh, like, I don't think anyone in that building thought that the game wasn't over at that point. That, that was it. If you notice, what, what ended up happening was he so he hit that three. The next possession was KD hitting that step back three. Mm-hmm. The next possession, Wendell hits three. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> if you look at the play-by-play, Katie Johnson had 23 points in this game. A lot of them came after that three by Jabari. For whatever reason, that three flipped the switch in Katie Johnson's brain that made him go Super Saiyan on the offensive end. <clears throat> and then it was just, I'm taking it to the bucket every time, or I'm hitting step-back threes. Um Katie Johnson yeah, don't, was unbelievable. Don't, don't get the ball in Katie's hands because it's, it's, you're not getting it back unless you're down low and he's <laughs> passing it to you down there. Right. Like. He is a black hole on offense. That's a fact. He doesn't get a lot of assists. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's always looking for somebody else. It's just, you know, most of the time, once he gets down in there in the paint, he's the best option. The time nobody's playing there. as fast as him. He's seen the game That's at a right. different level. That's right. Jalen had 14-3, and three, two big blocks, had a four-point play. Big Big game for Jalen. He, he he 
um, he was uh, Jeremy Golson's uh, man of the match uh, after that one. <laughs> Ryan here has it. He had a 92% effective field goal percentage. That's bananas. He missed, he missed one shot. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yep. Five of six from the floor. Uh, he missed a three. Three of three from the free throw line. Incredible night for Jalen. Yeah. Jabari with the quietest 13 points, five rebounds, two assists game you'll ever see. <laughs> um, God, it is it is just insane how well, he he still gets his numbers, and they're not. It's not like garbage number, like garbage time points or or whatever. He's making a contribution even when the game did not go especially well for him. He's still, you know, the third. Uh, key player probably um well and, and i think we we also need to give florida credit they had one guy that auburn either because of referees or because of talent mm. could not defend castleton right. was we had nothing for him once once kessler was saddled with his fourth which and, I, i'd like to i'd like to mention that they they call the the just non-foul on kessler for that one not a foul not even yeah. close he didn't touch him didn't didn't touch him. No one touched. Actually, him. I think I think Leor touched him, and they called it on. I, that was when I was like, wait a minute, that fouls on Leor Borman. That should not have been on Walker Kessler. They tried to get him to look at it. They wouldn't look at it. Um, Kessler uh, fouls, and then after that, I mean, they're like everyone was just afraid to do anything down there. Uh, I mean, they'd already been pretty spooked trying to play. But anyway, uh, I think I can't remember who ends up guarding him. The very next play after after Kessler gets the Phantom Three, and they just maul the dude like completely maul him. They don't call it a thing, and I'm like, really? It was like, Cambridge. I think I think Devin uh, yeah, Cambridge hit him yeah. like it was just, with a nightstick. Just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was no, like there was no call. Rodney King beating out there, and he's just like, <laughs> uh, you know, they don't call anything. It's no like, what anything. are you doing? And then and then Auburn had to put uh, Cardwell on Castleton. And it was like, I mean, it was like Castle was playing against third graders. Like it was bad. (laughs) And we, this is a pro, this is a pro Dylan Cardwell podcast. But it was a rough go. Cardwell was kind of beating on him a little bit, and just still wasn't having an effect. He was, he was turnovers, left shoulder buckets, turnovers, right shoulder buckets, hook shot bucket. Twenty-two the guy points. Was just able to get an, uh, get space on on Dylan with, yeah. with those turnarounds, and he just couldn't do anything about it. Twenty-two uh, points, ten rebounds for Castleton. He was eight for eleven from the free throw line. He was single-handedly keeping Florida in this basketball game because if he yeah. doesn't go on that crazy run in the second half, Auburn Auburn runs him out of the gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, that a, a lot of that was the referees really helped out with that uh, until the under nine timeout. For whatever yeah, reason, after that second TV timeout, it was the the game was officiated in a completely different yeah, manner. Totally I, different. I said that in the slide. I go, watch, they're gonna just yeah stop every, calling fouls. I because they they had called at one point they had called they had called two fouls a minute at one point with like the, the, the first four minutes but before the first TV timeout, ten fouls were called. Yeah. At six Auburn, minutes, they had called Auburn twelve. Was Auburn was in the or, or rather, thirteen. Florida, Florida yeah, was Florida in the bonus. Was in the bonus. Uh, in the second half, uh, I think fifteen minutes left in the half. Yeah, yeah Florida's it, in the bonus it, with fifteen left in the half. Six, six minutes in, they had called thirteen fouls. It uh, was the and, most brutally officiated. Like every game, every trip down the court was a whistle, and. It was just staccato. Like it, it, there was no rhythm to the game. The last five minutes, I think they called two fouls. Right, one on exactly. each team. <laughs> that second TV timeout, all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, better quit blowing. We wearing up all the fouls. It was almost like they were told you need to call a total of this many fouls this game, and they ran out of them. We had, we had no fouls left to call. Let oh, well, play. I, I'll tell you what happened in that second half. They called that first half pretty pretty loose. Um, it, Pretty even. I mean, there, there were some really bad fouls called, especially on Jabari and Walker. But for the most part, they let guys play. Um, Florida's coach drug Doug Shouse to the side on the way in from the locker room and like was doing the like ball over his face, talking to him, like so the camera couldn't see, like like hiding his face, and he he lit into him. 
And so then they come out and they call a bunch of fouls. Everything. <laughs> like, and I don't know why a coach would – I mean, I'm sure that wasn't his goal to get them to call no. <laughs> that many fouls that quickly. But it, 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 it had an effect. And, you know, we've talked about it here before. The refs do this crap where they'll call – it'll be – fouls be 7-2, to two, and they'll be like, oh, crap. And suddenly they'll just stop calling fouls on one team and call a bunch on the, the other team. Like that makes up for the yeah. crappy – uh, situation they did before when in fact it just evens out to crap for both teams yeah so uh it's just just i don't know referees are bad it's a tough job i get it uh, i wouldn't want to do it but it's not that tough i mean it's a tough job but it's not as tough as they make it look like well, it's, the main it's thing tough. is it, i think it's tough tougher now than it used to be at that level because the game's faster i yeah, think that it's that a way tough job and basketball it's a tough job basketball more than football has Judgment calls. Almost every call is a judgment call in basketball. Right. And, and, and that um, makes it tough. And then the players are fast and these guys are incompetent. But also, like, they <laughs> they want it to be about them. Like, more than football yeah. has. Like, football does not have a bunch of referees who are trying to make the game. Like, I could not tell you five SEC football officials' names. I just know the guy that looks like my uh, wife's uncle. But there's a lot of people who watch. Yeah. If you watch a ton of college basketball, like I bet Will McLaughlin could name you five collegiate basketball refs off the top of his head. Well, very part easily. of that is probably because all the refs are national, so they yeah they're like on TV. TV Teddy is on TV every night of the yeah. week, bro. Yep. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about next week. We are back. With 40 minutes and 58 seconds elapsed in this podcast, we appreciate you listening all the way through to the end. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next week, this coming week, Tuesday night, we're recording this on Sunday so that you can listen to this as a preview for the game Tuesday night, the Iron Bowl of basketball. On on your drive to hell. Or you just fly into the hangar. It's called the the highway to hell, Chief. Okay. Yeah. ACDC loves Tuscaloosa, Alabama. (laughs) Um. Number 17, Alabama, who may not be number 17 by the time that game is played. Um, That's 17 in Kempom, by the way. Not, okay. Uh, yeah. I, this, game is, this game is set up for Auburn to lose. However, I am not going to be one of those sad sack Auburn fans who's like, oh, man, karma, nah. we're going to lose because we were so mean to everybody on we're Twitter. We're going to sweep this team this year. They suck. Let's nah, go. That's what I'm talking about. They Chief lost to, Peacock. to Missouri. This week? Yeah. They yeah. lost to Mizzou, who is lost terrible. lost to Memphis, too, right? Well, Memphis they turned out to be did. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Memphis still lost to Georgia, though. Yeah, they're still coached by Penny Hardaway. They're not that they, good. This Alabama team has just the wildest schedule so far. So they're fifth in the country in strength schedule. They, they scheduled really hard this year. And they've got some good wins. They've got wins over Gonzaga. I believe that's a, two and Ken Palm. That's a way hard way, schedule. Way hard, yeah. Is that right, Chief? Mm-hmm. Yes, way hard. Correct. They beat number two Gonzaga, number three Houston, number fourteen Tennessee, number thirty-four Florida, and lost to four teams worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Number thirty-five Memphis, number forty-seven Davidson, number ninety-five Iona, uh, Rick Pitino's own, and number one forty-eight Mizzou. One forty-eight. <laughs> that's that's after they beat Bama though. So when they lost to them, they were they were worse than one forty-eight. That's a that's a quad nine loss. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is that how quadrants I, work? I, I think this team is, you know, capable. They, they're they're talented. They're supposedly well coached. Um, but Palmer's going to win this game. I, I, I look. If we don't, it's not my fault for saying we are going to win. If they do, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, so I'm the only one that can curse you. Teams? Are 
You okay. are the only one that can curse. Ain't no teams. curses, Ryan. Number one, Auburn is better than Alabama at the four factors. Better efficient, better effective field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Better turnover percentage. Uh, better offensive rebound percentage. They actually rebound worse than us on the offensive glass. The only one we're not as good at is what we call free throw rate. The free throw ratio, they are just a just a hair, a frog's hair, better than oh, us. That, at that. that means they stink at I, it, too. Yeah. I do want it to be clear what you're looking at, Kurt. This is the Auburn offense and Bama defense matchup. Oh, my bad. I am right. doing this Because there, there's technically eight factors if you do yeah. both well, sides yeah, of the sure. This is confusing me. Too well, late, late we, we also we also have a much better coach and a much better dressing coach as well. So you're telling me that based on this, that Auburn is better than their defense allows at the four factors. Oh yeah. So yeah. Bama's defense allows, this is for example, intentionally misleading. Right. That's what I think this is. I, I, look, it's titled Auburn offense versus Bama defense. Sure. Oh, we're supposed to read. <laughs> yeah. Eh, I'll do pictures next time about that. There we go. Four factors, and you give me eight lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is my fault. So, I believe this is a really good defensive team. Yes. They, well, they're a better offensive team. This yeah. Alabama, the last couple of years, has been a really good defensive team that hits threes. And kind of not that this year. And I'm going to go ahead and do it, Chief. Sorry. No. Right. Uh, you already, last, is, you already spoke it into existence last night. And guess what, Chief? We're 14 and 1. Uh, Peacock, Ryan. Tell them how bad they are. Uh, this is just a, it's a really weird split in their shooting, and maybe it's because it's not a well coached team. Um, oh, it could be. It <laughs> could, could be, be Ryan. No, so he's a great coach. He's going to be, he's gonna be uh, Maryland's next head coach. He's awesome. Sure. They are 40th in the country in uh, effective field goal percentage on their offense, right? It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, from two, they're fifty-eight percent. That's good for eighth in the country. They, they're really good at going to the rim. They're but they're three hundred twenty-sixth in two-point attempt rate. So of all of their shots, they fifty-five percent are twos, forty-five percent are threes. That is a very very low amount of twos. So you're now, telling me they're really good at shooting twos. They just but don't they do it. Don't do it. Uh, for comparison. From three, they're shooting 33% of the team. That's good for 212th in the country. See, they seem like a team that should shoot more twos than threes. They, they should because Crow, they're uh, shooting 33%. What's, what's the percent, that's formula, horrible. Right? What's the old formula? It's yeah. three. You should be one and a half times better. You should better be one and a half times better. Two to keep up with the threes. Right. And they are not. No, they're, mm. they're way worse than that. If they're shooting that good at two, you should not take almost any threes. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a problem for them, too, unless they can get Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith into foul trouble um, if they're trying to take a lot of twos against us. so Because what was their two-point uh, percentage? Was they take 53 58%. 58%. So let's call it 60%. So you're making six out of every 10 times you shoot, which is good for 12 points. To score 12 points, how many threes do you have to make? Four. So you got to shoot over 40% from three as a team. To do better than that, and you're not. They're not. They're that's a that's tough to shoot over forty percent as a team. I mean, Auburn Auburn's doing it, but not everybody's able to do that. Is this just a? Is this just because John Petty's no longer there that they're they can't shoot? Three? He's not. They just, lost, they just lost their identity. No, 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 John Petty anymore. What? No I, could have sworn. No I thought he. Petty. I thought he had a lifetime contract. <laughs> Been there for about eight well, years. I mean, he had a he had a pretty good contract. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> So um, they are. Uh, it was charged, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man. <laughs> they played only eight guys. Uh, they got yeah. really. JD Davidson's really, really good. Uh, we talk a lot of crap, but he may be the best freshman point guard in America. Um, and will probably be a first round draft pick in June. He's really, really good. Um, I like his game he's, a lot. He's not, he's not playing point guard for this team, though. Sure. He's playing he's playing three for this team. Yeah, I like his game a lot. <laughs> I like his game a lot. I think he's a really good player. Um who's playing point guard for them? Uh, that would be Shackle. Javon Quinterly. Oh, no. oh, oh yeah, Quinterly. Sure. Yeah, no. Shackle's playing two. Shackle's playing three. Davidson's really, really good. I like Davidson a ton. 
Quinterly's um, Quinterly's good too. I mean, he's not a bad player by any means, but but in terms of falls into that same mold of Kira Lewis, right? Which yeah, you guys made fun of me for being down on him. Um, he's a good point guard. He's a good. Point he stinks. Guard. He doesn't stink. Very, uh, he's got a very high usage rate, and he's not that efficient. Well, he's, he's probably going to score 15, 20 points. You know, that you know, whatever. But it's going to take a lot of shots and uh, keep the ball out of guys like J.D. Davison's hands. Uh, Davidson's really good. He's if you want to look at your like NBA preview. Um, Davidson is Davidson versus Jabari is is the one. Um, I'll tell you this: Kier Lewis is good enough that the <laughs> he is being paid four million dollars by the New Orleans Pelicans this year, and he's actually really good. He got paid at Alabama. It's way more than oh, no. Okay. They're not paying four million dollars to a basketball player <laughs> and an inefficient basketball player for sure. No, no Kier Lewis is 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 a really good NBA player. He's going to end up being okay. Um, He's gonna end up being better. He's gonna end up being better in context than in the NBA. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's my. Hot, I'm gonna go out on that limb that Kira Lewis is a better NBA player. Um, they have a high tempo. That's a that's a classic Nate Oates. Nate Oates team. They're gonna get up and down really really quick. I actually like that for Auburn because although if the referees officiate it like they did against Florida, no one will be high tempo. But also, Katie Johnson will foul in the first half. Well, hopefully the fact that there's two NBA players facing off in this game, we won't have both of them get a bunch of fouls called on real quickly because maybe the refs will realize that people pay good money to come see those people play. I don't know. Yeah. I think think I'm interested to see how Katie Johnson handles the fact that Bama is going to try to go up and down the court as fast as possible. Um, He seems to thrive on that that Mm -hmm. chaos. Yeah, he loves chaos. If you try to implement chaos on your end, he will counter it with just a just a tsunami of chaos. Yeah, he's he's uh, low key. End. Exactly. Uh, he feeds off of it. They're a really good shooting team. I don't know, man. I I actually think they're a really good basketball team. They had some weird losses. I think Auburn's going to smoke them though at their place. You have here as the best players Quinterly, and I I would agree with you. I think Davidson's their best. Prospect, for sure. But Quinterly yeah, is the Quinterly, best player. Quinterly is the guy that uh, most of their offense runs through. I mean, they he's got the highest usage rate. He's second in team in scoring. Um, he's he's a guy you're gonna have to um, to lock down if you want to win this game. Sounds like maybe they're not that deep though. Is, is that a, a a good assumption? Um, yeah, I mean they they don't really. Play their their bench minutes are like two fiftieth in the country. That's yeah, it's um, not deep at all, then. Right. They the one thing I am worried about is that they are pretty good on the offensive glass. They're rebounding thirty five percent on offense as a team. Um, both Jawan Gary and Charles Bediaco, they're they're starting four and five, are twelve percent, which is really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the if they end up taking a lot of twos, which they haven't so far this year, um, not only are they going to make a lot of them, but they're going to be rebounding them at a high rate. Are these is, so? Are, are either one of those guys the kind of guys that are going to give Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith trouble? Uh, Betty Yaku, he he's a bigger guy. He's seven. He's a seven footer, um, seven foot two twenty five. Uh, he, he could. I mean, he's. I don't know. I've been struggling the last two weeks or so of uh, seeing these bigger guys say, oh, like, you know, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the guy at UConn who yeah. just tore him apart. Yeah. Well, it seemed like that, that happened more at the beginning of the year for Walker, and it hasn't well, really happened a ton. Like, Walker played well against Colin Castleton against Florida, in the Florida game. Sure. Now he had the fouls. He didn't get to be on the court as much, which is where Castleton racked up all his second half points. Um, so I'm seeing I'm seeing Betty Aco and I, I don't know I I don't want to fall into the trap of saying that thing I saw at the beginning of the year is going to keep happening. Sure. I don't think it is. Okay. Well, Kessler's just he's not he's not a banger. He's he's not he's not going to win a ton of physical battles. Um, his the way he blocks shots is not like right on top of somebody. He kind of comes across like from a little bit further away from him to swat those away 
But also his, his the way he beats guys is his quickness because he's quicker than most of the big guys that he plays against. Um, and uh, you know I don't know if either one of these guys you said that guy's a seven footer, so that'll be a, a, a interesting matchup to watch. I don't know if he's a, a more physical guy or a quicker guy. Yeah, but both Bediako and Gary Gary that's the power forward smaller guys six six. Um, but their their usage rate is fairly low on the team as well, so uh, it, it could be something NATO tries to do in this game. But up to this point, he is not. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, just we want them to just shoot as many threes as they can, right? Are you going to get mad at me if they make them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's your, clearly your fault. Can you talk about Ole Miss? <laughs> sure. I uh, know we're still in Alabama. All right, let's talk about Ole Miss. On Saturday, Auburn goes to travel. Auburn travels to another top 100 Ken Palm team, the Ole Miss Running Rebels, um, a team that has had Auburn's number in their in their barn for as long as Kermit has been there. Like, I mean, has Auburn beaten them at Ole Miss under him? Yeah, we won last year, right? I think we beat them last year. That was the the first time you've beaten Kermit. But even back into the Andy Kennedy years, Auburn didn't play well at the Pavilion. This is wow. it. This is the retribution tour that Auburn's currently on. <laughs> One in South Carolina. We're going to win in Coleman and then just hammer this not good Ole Miss team. Yeah. From uh, Yeah. I, well, I think that's right because uh, we've already discussed how this team doesn't really play like Bruce's teams have in the past. So they're not going to have trouble with uh, anything Kermit can throw at them. They have not played any. They ain't played nobody. Ole Miss ain't played nobody. And they're nine and five. They they beat Memphis twice. No, sorry. Uh, you have him. They, they beat thirty five Memphis, forty one Mississippi the State. Forty one Mississippi State, and that would be. I thought maybe you liked their win over Memphis so good that you put it on there two times. Yeah, number ninety seven. Not number ninety seven Dayton. Sorry. Dayton the How Flyers. How is Memphis thirty five and Kim? Dude, because they, they've been tearing it up since they yeah, since they lost Alabama. Or since they lost to Georgia, I mean. They were like, Oh, let's let's play good basketball. We have a bunch well, of five. So stars. they won on a stretch of losing to Iowa State, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Murray State four in a row. And then beat Alabama, beat a top one hundred Wichita State team, beat a top one hundred Cincinnati team. Um, so Yeah, they've played good basketball. All right, they figured out they have a top 100 roster, and so. <laughs> uh, but this Ole Miss team has lost to Tennessee, who should be tried for crimes against offensive basketball on several I, on several occasions. Rick Barnes. I watched some of their game last night, and it was unwatchable. That that Tennessee team will go stretches where you're like, has anybody played this game before? Has has there are two. Maybe this is a subject for a different time, but are Tennessee fans satisfied with Rick Barnes? I mean, they're a top 14 Ken Palm team. I don't understand how. He's never going to win them anything, though. Because well, he's just terrible. They won a co-SEC championship one year. Chief. Oh, well, that's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you could give them a, uh, a player like you know, Kevin Durant, and they could get to the second round of the tournament. That's right. They right? could go to the second round. They could, go to the, they could be the first weekend. Maybe Justin Powell was the, the that key for them this year. Maybe they can get to the second weekend with him. I think no, no, no. You, J- Justin Powell's more of a uh, Clay Thompson type, I believe. That's right. But I also think that Chief made as many threes in their last game I just, as a Tennessee. I, I just want everybody to be aware of that reference. Of, uh, yeah, I wrote an article. Look, he looked great. His first five games were identical stats-wise to Clay Thompson's first five games at Washington State. Since then, it has not been good for Justin Powell. Because once yeah, he said we started playing real teams, now. once Auburn started playing real teams, it was not good for Justin Powell. I think. Well, oh, he did play. Well, he did play. Like the, what, the third conference game? Yeah. His first so. two conference games were not great. Didn't he play the point in one of those, though? In one of those. And he Auburn was playing fans, the point in all of those. In okay. all of them. Auburn has not really ready to, to see how bad he was. Yeah, because he was kind of the darling. Certain, certain co-host of this podcast. No, I knew he was bad at that point, too. But Auburn Twitter, and I, I remember because I even made the comment, like, what are we going to do when he's not that good? 
After you called him Clay Thompson. Right, because Auburn Twitter had basically adopted him as a son. Look, maybe the head injury has really affected him. Yeah, he's still dealing with it. I heard heard he got a head injury a different place. To be honest with you. I mean, I I still think he can't go outside, so. Yeah, he's as pale as those white uniforms they were wearing. That was weird. I didn't realize he had red hair. That's maybe it's new, new, new year, new him. Um, Ole Miss is uh, pretty, pretty meh. Yeah, seems that way. On offense, yeah. I mean, those, wins, wins over 35, 41, and ninety seven in Ken Palmer, not bad. It's losing to uh, number twenty four friends in Birmingham, Samford. Yeah. Well, they love to lose to FCS schools, so. Ole Miss does. They've lost to Sanford in basketball. They lost to Jacksonville State in football. So, <laughs> this is it, man. We're beating the, sm- the smoke out of Ole Miss. She's gonna beat the brakes off out of them. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're one sixty seventh in Ken Palm on offense. They're they're not like bad at anything, but they're not good at anything either. I mean, they're just like in the mid hundreds in most stats. Um, the weird thing is, is they. Their, their shooting stats as a team aren't great, but they've got three really good three-point shooters in Jamin Brakefield, Luis Rodriguez, and Ty Fagan, all over 40% on like decent volume. I don't know why they're not leaning on them more. Um, haven't walked a ton of Ole Miss basketball to find out why. Uh, and uh, Ty Fagan has been the point guard most of the year, but uh, former Auburn commit uh, Deshaun Ruffin, if you remember that name, uh, is now their starting point guard from the last. Is he related years. to Nick Ruffin? He is not, as far as I know. Oh, okay. um, freshman point guard. He had broken his hand at the beginning of the season, which is why he missed a couple games. Um, small dude, and I'm sure Bruce would have loved to have had him. Five nine point guard is right up Oof. Bruce's alley. Um, he's got a just absurd assist rate. That's in his six games played this year. He's got a 37 percent assist rate and draws seven and a half fouls a game. Um, hmm. uh, we'll we'll see how uh, Zepp and KD and Wendell guard him. Um, he's the, Ole Miss as a team is a fairly big team, but having having a guy listed at five nine means he's probably not five nine. Correct. I mean they they've uh, they famously had for what seemed like eighteen years the really super short point guard. And this is back when the baggy shorts were still a thing, so it looked like he was wearing pants most games. Yes. Had a had a high top fade, light skinned guy. Uh was maximum of five eight. Probably more like five seven, five six. He was really short. Don't remember his name. Guys and that about has it. That about does it for this podcast. She doesn't remember this guy's name. I don't remember anything but Marshall oh, they, Henderson when it comes to Ole Miss. Wow, wait, hold on, one second. I'm looking at the notes. They have a seven foot point or center too. Yeah, both both teams this week had who, some uh, some big who, boys. Where are all these seven foot centers coming from? We've got our own. It's fine. It's uh, fine. Yeah, okay. We not only have our own. We have another guy who's almost seven feet who plays two guard yeah. for us. I guess it's the way it works at Auburn now. KD and we got another guy like who's seven almost seven feet who who doesn't ever play at all. That's true. Stretch. Yeah. KD plays like he's seven feet tall. Yeah. KD, KD plays, plays like he thinks he's seven feet tall. Yeah. And has he a also plays seven like foot wingspan. Yeah. KD plays like when he stomps the ground, he thinks he's actually going to crack the court in half. <laughs> he uh, he might one of these days. He's when I, the way he stomps, it's ama- it's amazing. Yeah, I can't get over his uh, his celebration, like running down the court, arms locked straight down, jumping yeah. as high as he can. Bobbing his head, and then he's like, oh, wait, i got to play defense. It's great. I watch for it every time. It's the most anime. <laughs> it is anime. He is celebrating like he's in Dragon Ball Z, and he thinks everything around him is turning purple, and he's becoming full of lightning. Uh, and it's just going to just break the court in half and go into a different realm. It's great. I love it. I love every bit of it. He's a Mortal Kombat character who plays for Auburn. It's the best. All right. We'll yep. see you guys next week after Auburn goes 2-0. We're, new thing this year, guys. We are overconfident. Yeah. Bar- because, Barnhart. because here's the here's the opposite. 
The opposite is being the, oh, I don't want to say it. What if, what if it's, and then we win and you look back at, man, I should have been more confident in that. That's lame. I'd rather be overconfident and lose than underconfident and win and have regret over not barning too hard. Yeah. Hey, look, so, we were Carl, are, you telling, are you telling me to buy some Final Four tickets? Is that what you're doing? Do it, buddy. You can flip them either way. It's actually a really good investment. Uh, you know what you can't flip? Your hotel room. No. Because they're uh, non-refundable, and they're yeah. $800 a night. Keep so, those bad boys. Don't buy those uh, yet, but buy your Final Four tickets. Yeah. I, uh, earlier this week, I thought I had found a good deal on an Airbnb in New Orleans for that week that had cancelable up until that week. And uh, did, did a little more digging, and not, not the best place. A little south mm. 7th Ward, you know. Or maybe the best place. <laughs> Well, uh, stay in Biloxi, folks. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a very good weekend. Keep those cameras rolling. <laughs> <laughs>